0: I feel I was trying to catch this mouse in our garage for like two weeks and I had four traps. Actually, it wasn't, it wasn't two weeks. It was probably more like five or six nights. Yeah. 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 And uh, he was, I had four traps out and he was just picking them clean every time, peanut butter and just getting just right off top of them and just cleaning them off every morning. And I was like, what the hell? So what I ended up doing was um, I had to imagine he was coming at him like straight on. Yeah, yeah. So I put stuff in front of him in front of the mousetrap. So he had to come at the mousetrap from the side. And okay. then I put peanut butter on the outsides of each just, like side. So we'd have to like go over the mouse trap, you know, to get yeah. to the other side. And that's yeah. how I eventually got him. Like I did that one night with one trap which was closest to where every year we get a couple in our garage and they always go into this one corner where we have like these boxes and our folding chairs and stuff. And they make a little Mm -hmm. mess over there. And uh, I had, and I put that closest to that one and zapped him, got him, got him good. And then I had that one that I snapchatted you that fell in the bucket. Oh yeah. Oh dude. That freaking you know, those, so turns out those giant flies and it's like the big, like, emerald shiny green ones you know what i'm talking about they all like the size of like real horse flies yeah they hear buzzing through the air and you're like is that a bird yeah exactly (laughs) but they just do nothing they just land and leave yeah so those things lay eggs in recently deceased animals and the grub that comes out of them is like an inch long it looked like like that thing was gross you saw it dude i didn't know what to do with it i put it outside and just squashed it I'm not dealing with this thing. thing. I don't know. This thing's gonna. I mean, it's an inch long brown grub, like in a five, ten gallon bucket with a dead mouse just going around in circles trying to get out. I'm like, I don't know what you are, but I feel like you're gonna grow up and try to eat me. So I just squished it and looked it up later. (laughs) It turns out it was just a fly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, dude, tell me about your buck. Tell me about your big, your big boy, and your rattling, so and all that stuff. Oh, for everybody, I, I I'll do an intro quick. So, um, what's up, everyone? Uh, sitting here with my good buddy Parker. Um, we're gonna be chatting today about um a buck that Parker killed, and then also a buck that I killed. And Parker's got a pretty cool story that involves rattling. I got a pretty cool story that involves some uh, never before touched public land by me. I've never been there before. And and both of us got, got nice eight pointers down. So we're going to tell the story on that kind of tips, tricks, things that strategy wise, like, especially like right now, November 1st, be in the rut, um, that might be able to help you guys out. Um, so that's the story we're going to, those are the stories we're going to tell. And as far as the, the partners go, you know, before we get into this, just got to thank Jocko Fuel and Origin, Um, If you're interested in supplements or anything like that, Jocko fuel um, is where you want to go. You got protein, you got um, pre-workouts, you got creatine, you got all that kind of fun stuff. And then origin for your clothing. I'm wearing an origin hoodie, this thing, this heavy hoodie. If you guys don't have one of these and you want a nice like winter hoodie, I was wearing this thing yesterday when it was like 25 degrees and I was fine with a t-shirt on underneath. So this heavy hoodie is awesome. A lot of times they're out of stock, but Origin has those and they have all their hunting line and everything. Heller 10 will get you 10% off of Origin. Um, Elite Archery, you know, if you're, if, you know, if you're trying to find a new bow right now during the rut, like it's probably not a great option. Um, stick stick with what you got unless you like blew it up or something. But when you go look into new bows or anything like that, go check out Elite Archery. They have the Shootability Challenge. Very good, high quality products um, that will match most, if not all of the, I should say all, I, I I would think it's all like the carbon era that I am shooting right now is very comparable to the Matthews VXR that I sold. So like, I'm very, like, I really like the carbon era a lot. And if I honestly, if I had to choose between the two, you know, there's about a $600 price difference, MSRP, but if price were equal, I would choose the carbon era over the VXR. So, and that's personally for me, just from confidence, like shot two bucks with it. Um, and both of them have been dead accurate where I wanted to shoot them. And then also like just shooting out in the in the property and shooting 3d and all that kind of stuff, like very, very, uh, high confidence with that bow. So I re- I really like it a lot. And so that's elite archery. And last but not least onyx maps, like, and onyx maps, uh, we'll talk about it later for my public land hunt, but it was, it is crucial for me. Um, in terms of identifying waypoints, looking at different scenarios. I have a, another public land hunt upcoming in the next week. Um, and I'm t- right now just spending my evening scouting it, looking at it, checking things out, um, looking at the topo, looking at the satellite, looking at access points looking at different terrain features and just trying to understand where everything fits and property boundaries and all that kind of stuff. So if you're looking for something like that, download Onyx Maps. Um, it's a phenomenal tool. And I believe they have a seven-day trial where you can give it a go and then you know buy into it if you like it. All right. So with that, hopping into the podcast, Parker's been sitting here silently. Thank you. Um, <laughs> no color commentary. Do you use Onyx Maps at all? Dude, almost every day. <laughs> right yeah i mean i think I don't think there's a friend like in our friend group that doesn't use onyx maps like every day during season right right even just like when
1: you're sitting in the stand pulling the thing up looking around on the map going where why the hell am I not seeing
0: any deer here, where yeah. I was gonna go. Where should
1: I have sat? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
0: right? Exactly. Like, oh, I should have sat over there. Oh, I should have sat over here. And then you're like, why did I pick this stand? Like this is this and this. Like, I should go over to this one. How am I gonna get there? And then you kind of like start planning your route about how you're gonna get there. Like, exactly. well, if I don't see anything in 30 minutes, I'm moving. <laughs> and then exactly. like five minutes goes by and you're like, All right, I'm moving.
1: <laughs> yeah, time to go. <laughs> especially when you get a text from someone else or a snapchat it's like they're looking at a deer right now it's like oh yeah time to go now
0: (laughs) (laughs) right they're up on their feet yeah Yeah, exactly man uh so anyway like i want to hear about your i haven't talked to you at all since you shot your buck i just got literally got you like on snapchat like you going yeah i got one and then a picture of the buck and that's all i know and then you said i rattled him like and that's all i know so let's let's hear this
1: that's it, man. That's the whole story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Come on. Make it a little bit better than that.
1: No, no. I went to... well, What day was it? Was that Saturday or Sunday? I don't even remember now. I think it was Sunday. Remember. Yeah. Sunday, yeah. October 29th. Went to a spot that I actually found shed hunting last year. Um, It's, it's an area we call Popple Point. But it, it's basically just a big knob that runs that runs out into a wooded ravine. And it's pretty thick and kind of rocky. Well, one side of this knob is pretty thick and brushy, and then the other side of the knob is kind of rocky. And actually on the thick brushy side, which would be the west side of that knob, there's... I ended up finding finding a really nice trail that then opened up into just a wide open timber patch that was probably... 20 or 30 yards wide or radius um, and had that, that big trail that I was following ended up intersecting with another big trail that came down from a field edge and they literally crossed right at an intersection going over an old fence. So it was like, Oh damn. I started looking around. It's like, there was trees everywhere that would have been good for stands, but I, uh, yeah, I ended up just marking that on on X and then, and then this was the, this was the second time I've actually hunted it this year. I went back there one day for one evening with Brenda, uh, my wife, just for an evening sit. And we ended up not seeing anything there. So
0: gotcha. we uh, just kind of like were there were there rubs or scrapes in the area or was it just just like a good, good fence crossing?
1: Um, that ended up being just a good fence crossing uh, up along the field edge more which is kind, of, which is actually how we access the spot there is a, a tree that just every year it's one of those trees that has a giant scrape underneath it that hangs out almost into the field um so it's kind of in like the grassy you know transition yeah. between field and woods uh that was there again this year it wasn't as impressive as years past i'd say you know it's probably your standard like two three foot diameter scrape dude versus... i while
0: while we're on this did you ver, I'm sorry, versus like a big one that's usually there? Is that what you're gonna say? Yeah,
1: like it's been four, five, six feet in yeah. diameter before.
0: Did yeah. you see a lot less like scrapes this year?
1: Um, I can count on one hand the number of scrapes and rubs I've seen this year.
0: Dude, I have found like none. Yeah. I literally like on our property, I found two this year so far, and that's I've yeah. driven uh to get mark. Shot a shot a dough or a nub and buck, and I yeah. had to drive all the way through the whole property. And there's like multiple spots where I'm like, there should be a scrape there, there should be a scrape here, there yeah. should be another one here. Like actually, I shouldn't say two. I found three. And you know, mm-hmm. like the northeast side of our property in that bottom, yep. where there's yep. almost always like three, four solid scrapes. Zero, not a one. Nothing. Huh. And I'm like, what? And then even when I went out to the public. I didn't mm-hmm. find I went the, to the public twice, and one time I covered just over two miles, and the other time I covered over over a mile, right over a mile and a half. Didn't find mm-hmm. a single one. Hmm. And I was yeah, like, I don't know. that's weird. Dude, I yeah, I was trying to find them and I could I found some I found rubs and whatnot, but I just like I don't know yeah. like scrapes this year, you know, or just I don't know if it was just because it was such a dry year or the weather was wonky or what, but I just wasn't seeing Jack for scrapes.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's the same story here. And and Dill and my brother-in-law has actually gotten a couple of cell cams now. So we've been literally looking for spots to set them up and looking for scrapes and struggling to find like you know, like a one that's worthwhile putting a camera on. Yeah. I mean, we ended up he's we've got one on one on one nice, like pretty decent scrape over by the, like pink Cadillac area. And then another one he just found found a scrape in the middle of the four-wheeler trail back below Popple point where I shot that deer. And, and honestly, they haven't been super productive as far as pictures go. It's like, okay. there's just, it's just been slow. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, same thing with rubs. Like I was, I was debating actually once the, once the kids are back here, I was going to load them up in the four in the ATV tonight and go for a drive and just look around. Cause that's something, I mean, I haven't even done that a single time this year out here is just check out the property. <laughs> It's yeah. Like, I have no clue what's going on and maybe there's some pocket where it's all happening and we're just completely missing it right now, you know? Yeah. And that's,
0: I dude, I, I not to interrupt your story too much. Um, but I didn't do a ton of that either. And I talked to Riley about that too. Like after he shot his buck, I was like, yeah, dude, mm-hmm. where, have you been seeing scrapes? Have you been, he's like, honestly, I haven't done it either. And I think it's mm-hmm. one of those things where like, once you know a lot more about your property and you kind of know where you're going to set up and know what you're going to do, you just stay out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's the rule of thumb is to leave it. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you get out there and you start looking around. So now that I've killed and I've kind of looked around, I'm like, I'm not finding shit, Yeah. (laughs) which is like, which is all, it's just all interesting that, you know, you know, you're going to go, you stay out, you do everything. But there's just like, there's the scrapes aren't there. The rubs aren't there. You know, mm-hmm. I I think it was you know, it was just uh I guess it would have been really difficult to kill no neck at this time if I hadn't hadn't got him, you know, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um yeah. just because it seems like there's nothing to key in on, if that makes sense. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, continue Old on hot sign. Yeah, trying yeah. to find that hot sign.
1: Right, right. Yeah, anyways. Um so that morning I was up early, went to uh, went to go sit in that spot. I was, I was really strongly debating if I wanted to bring a tree stand or not, or just ground and pound. Um, cause I knew it was a spot where basically I could go in and pick any of, you know, half a dozen trees and they all would have been like pretty good, solid choices. Um, That's but right. it's also, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's also one of those spots where like, we didn't have, like, we didn't have a trail going back into this area I mean, there's kind of a deer trail that I would be following, but there's a lot of overgrown, you know, just multi-flower rows, thorn bushes, things like that, that are covering it. So I was like, ah, if I bring a stand in, it's going to be loud. You know, I'm going to be pinging off all that stuff, especially in the dark. And then I was like, well, I could wait till gray light and then go in and be able to see a little better. But I was like, my ultimate fear of then I'd be setting up in gray light and have a deer come right underneath me. And. You know, be caught basically yeah. with my pants down halfway up a tree, but uh, so I ended up going the ground and pound method and went. I think I did. I went to the same spot that my wife and I sat, but I stood like next to a tree, basically on the other side of where we were sitting, so like five feet away. If that makes sense. Okay. Um. But ba- but just trying to be able to shoot that big opening where that big crossing was um an intersection and then there's another like really nice shooting lane going up a trail that goes to that big scrape that's up on the field edge Okay. so and that and i'm kind of I'm not directly in between those two things it's kind of like pie slice shaped where you know it's 30 yards kind of off at your say 130 and then it'd be off at like 10 o'clock to shoot that other trail
0: and they're both um, about 30 yards ish
1: yeah Yep. To the far, the far side of that opening is 30 yards. And then the trail was like, yeah, I think it was like 32 or 33 yards. I was Okay.
0: And if I'm envisioning this, right, you're kind of on a ridge side, right? Yep. So you're you're above the fence crossing. So you're looking down at the fence crossing and then that other trail comes up like to your, the way you're motioning with your hands, it comes Mm -hmm. up to your left. Yep. It goes up to the scrape. So like in a way you're a little elevated off the, from where you're going to shoot at that fence crossing it's not
1: just like a little bit just okay. a
0: little bit it's it's
1: gotcha. really not much it's kind of in a it's it's below the top of the ridge but it's pretty gradual coming down and it goes like that for probably 50 yards and then starts dropping pretty pretty quick Got it. so i was more in that like gradual area but i was just a little bit above that crossing and then basically equal with where i'd be shooting back at that trail to the left so. Gotcha.
0: Okay. And way yeah. off to your left, like further west, I'd say from you is that big brushy stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And then it comes into that opening. So you so ideal, mm-hmm. like in your mind, are you thinking like, okay, big brushy stuff could be betting could be potential, like where people yeah. where they like to hang out. And I'm hoping yep. to catch them in this nice little opening while they're trying to cross those fence, basically
1: exactly and and the way the wind was playing that day i think it was like a northwest wind so my thought process was maybe they're going to be cruising the downwind side of that brushy bedding area sure basically so okay. and that would have put them right through that through that crossing
0: yeah gotcha okay so, all right yeah
1: perfect yeah so yeah i got uh i got out there it was probably like 15 minutes before you know gray light and um I kind of got hunkered in, got my stuff all spread out, and I was actually starting to screw in my bow hanger just at at head height, basically, to have it kind of up and ready. And I was having a hell of time getting that thing started. (laughs) (laughs) Those bow hangers can be such a pain. Oh man, and this is one and I knew it was a bad one like it was one where like the the joint, you know, was all loose so the thing's just flopping all <laughs> over the place and the threads are all banged up and not sharp you know at all. So it's like yeah. yeah, I was having a hell of a time. And literally in the middle of me trying to screw that thing in all of a sudden I heard some leaves rustling back towards that trail that goes up to the scrape. Okay. I'm like Okay, so I just kind of froze. And it's still pretty dark, right? Like, I can barely see anything. But I hear them coming closer, coming closer. And finally, I see a deer. I mean, it popped out at, like, less than 10 yards. I'm like, okay, (laughs) this is getting a little tight, you know? And I start thinking about it. And I'm like, man, I literally walked in on this little doinky deer trail and took, like, two steps off of it. So, like, there's a – and it's because it was kind of angling up towards me when I first saw it like there's a real chance that it's just going to keep coming up this trail and be basically in my lap. But I'm just standing there watching it. I I got both hands on my bow hanger, like like, just leaning against the tree. And and finally the deer kind of like, it hit that, it actually hit the one edge of the opening and just stood there for a while. And it was looking around and I could not see horns, but it was still pretty dark. And I'm like, okay, it's either a doe or like a real small buck. And it stood there and kind of was looking around and then it'd go feed. And, you know, there was, there must've been some acorns in the area and it'd be, it was down crunching on something. And finally it turned and actually started going back like towards the scrape, not, not where it came from, but like up towards the field more. And it took a few steps that way, just kind of hung out right there. And then I was getting a little nervous because at that point it was almost downwind to me. Like I just probably had the wind in my favor, but not for long (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and for whatever reason, it ended up coming right back and just walked real slow right in front of me. It was like eight yards away. And by that point, I could see, I was like, okay, this is a doe. And she just slowly milled right through and worked through that opening, crossed crossed that little crossing, fence crossing, and then just disappeared out the end of that point. huh. Oh, and at that point it had probably been, you know, ten minutes before I lost sight of her and I could I could see a little bit better then. So now I'm watching behind her to see if if any deer are following or anything. Yeah. Like that. And you
0: were standing up.
1: Yeah, literally just standing, leaning against this tree. It was actually like <laughs> it was a super nice setup because I had you know that those honeysuckle um like shrubs that stay really green and leafy this time of year. Yeah. I had one of those. Like I was in between two trees that were, you know, maybe a foot. I had a foot of room on either side of me and they're big, big oak trees and had one of those bushes right behind me that completely covered my backdrop. So it was literally like a full on ground blind. Nice. I didn't, I didn't have much for front cover. There was just a couple, you know, little twigs and things here and there, but like she didn't. She really like didn't even acknowledge that I was there. From what I could tell, she just kept doing her thing. I was like, "Wow, this dude, is that's awesome working out. All right, yeah,
0: yeah, dude. When you can get a ground blind, you can stand in it and you can get them yeah. to come in, especially that close. That's awesome.
1: Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I was I was pretty excited at that point, point. I was like, "Well, I'm hearing all these reports of you know bucks are on the doze right now, so I just kept." I kept it was it was one of those real quiet mornings where the leaves were still pretty wet, so I was really watching where she came from a bunch, um, you, you know, just just to see if anything would would have caught her trail and followed her in, but nothing nothing really came from that way, um, and it had probably been close to an hour. It was probably around eight o'clock, where. I decided to rattle. I was like, I want to do it while it's still kind of early, and you know, maybe something's coming back to coming back to bed or moving through the area or whatever. So I grabbed grabbed the horns, threw the grunt call right in my mouth, and just started started banging them. And I and and I kind of got into it. Where like, I forget if I heard (laughs) it on a podcast recently or if I was reading it in some article, but. They they made like a pretty interesting point where all these people rattle from up in a tree stand and all you hear is a little bit of tines clinking together or whatever. And they're like, if you've ever seen or heard a real buck fight in the woods, like they're making a shit ton of noise. Like two, you know, 200 pound animals going at it hard. It's like, it's loud. (laughs) yeah so i got into it and i was banging against that 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 uh honeysuckle bush behind me and i was kicking leaves around and throwing a grunt out every once in a while and yeah let it rip for dude
0: i uh, think that's awesome i mean honestly it's the way to go it'd be like yeah you know um it's exactly as you put it. i can't think of a good metaphor right now but you know you just like you when when those deer are fighting, they're making a ton of noise. And I've heard two buck fights like in my life, like out in the woods. And it's like, you could hear them from a long ways off. You're like, Oh Jesus, they're deer fighting. And you know, it's not a human because it's making so much noise. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: No, that's, that's
1: that's the mindset that I went in and I'm coming off of, you know, elk elk mode still where it's like, dude, when you're calling and raking out there, you're out there making a shit ton of noise and that's just the norm, you know? Mm -hmm. So so, yeah, I was I was kind of getting into it, and I, I, I don't know, I probably rattled for 30 or 45 seconds and uh, set the horns down. And literally about the time I set the horns down, I could hear some leaves rustling from where that doe went, basically. So, out that out the end of that point. So, I grabbed my bow, and I just sat there and waited. And I actually thought it was from a little bit farther to the left. So, I was kind of dialed in that way, and it wasn't 20, maybe 30 seconds after I, after I set the horns down, all of a sudden I see he popped out kind of off more to the right than where I was expecting, but just slow, slowly marching right in. He was all bristled up. I mean, his, his ears weren't laid back, but he was basically coming in there looking for a fight. And I was like, Oh shit. (laughs) And, uh, and, and my standards weren't super high this year. I just got a lot of shit going on this fall. So it was, Basically, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, yeah, shooter in my books is cool how this is all panning out. Like, I'm going to shoot this deer if it gives me a chance. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, he just marched all stiff legged right into that opening and was actually working right at directly at me for most of the time. And he got to probably 15 yards and then actually turned and started heading up towards the ridge. Um, and kind of angling away slightly and as soon as he went behind a little tree I had to draw back and at that point I was actually shooting past the tree I was leaning on and I was hitting my bow hanger (laughs) (laughs) so I was trying to like move that out of the way with my quiver and so I could shoot kind of through this gap. and at that point he he saw something because he stopped and he was behind a tree at that time and I was going oh shit like don't move don't move yeah and just hung out for a couple seconds and then finally he just slow kept walking up the hill. And as soon as he got in the clearing, I, I grunted at him to stop and let it rip. And, <laughs> uh, how far I mean, I, less than 20, probably 18 yards. Okay. Awesome. And yeah, I mean, I saw my knock just disappear. And right away, I was like, Oh, it's perfect. You know, like 12 ring basically. Yeah. And he ran off up the hill and stopped a few seconds later and i heard him i heard him crash and then you know kicking leaves and stuff and at that point i was like all right he's he's down like that was awesome you know. yeah and little probably 10 or 15 seconds later all of a sudden from the other side of that ridge i could hear something coming up that ridge and it was breaking sticks and and i could hear the leaves crashing and i'm like okay like this is interesting (laughs) yeah so i just i actually started grunting just to see if if i could pull this thing over the ridge i mean i assumed it was another buck that might have been coming into the horns and maybe he saw that buck then up on top of the ridge and that's what committed him to fully coming and and anyways i could hear him and he came almost to that ridge and i think he must have made a scrape or something up there like i really could hear him like picking some leaves out of the way and there was like twigs snapping and stuff like that and i kept grunting and then finally i like let a snort wheeze out and then it kind of went quiet i was going okay he's either he's either looking at that buck right now going what the what what the heck happened to you or he's looking my way going what did you do to this guy you know <laughs> yeah and I waited, I think, I don't know, a few more seconds, and then I snort wheezed again, and then I heard him actually go trotting off the opposite direction. I was like, <laughs> Didn't ah, I like that it. That would have been. Yeah. So I never actually got to lay eyes on it, but it was pretty uh, pretty interesting.
0: It, like... Yeah, dude, is that the first time rattling's ever worked for you out there?
1: I was actually talking to that talking with a guy at work about that yesterday. I think that's the first time I've rattled in a deer and shot it. I mean, I've I've rattled in deer before over the years, but like very hit or miss success. But I think that's the first time I've ever shot one, if I'm remembering right. Yeah.
0: nothing comes to mind at least. No, that's awesome, dude. I've I've never rattled in a deer, period. Yeah, I've never. I don't really try. I don't usually rattle or anything. Um, yeah, or grunt much unless I see one. But but like I've never had the ability to do it. But if I did. I do remember one time vividly in high school behind my parents' house I mm-hmm. did rattle something and I don't know what it was but yeah. I had watched you know bucks of tecamate or whatever like the yeah. Texas like that was our channel the, the um and they were on the ground rattling and using their like they were on their knees and they were using their feet um behind mm-hmm. them to mm-hmm. rub all the grass and everything and make yeah. all the noise so that's what I did and yeah. then I rattled and nothing showed up. So I was like, and I think I had like soccer practice that day. I was like, oh, I'm going to go hunt for 30 minutes, you know, yeah, so I just sure. ran out there and tried. And uh, then I got up to leave and I heard something bounding off like down the tree line. So I was like, oh, that must've been, um, must've been a deer. I don't know what it was. Could have been a buck, could have been a doe, could have been anything. Sure, um, sure. but that's the only time I ever had anything like yeah. co- ra- come in for, for rattling. Um yeah, it's super hit or miss, I
1: think. Mostly miss. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Mostly mostly miss, blind rattling or, yeah. or grunting. Like yep, a fine. lot of missing there. <laughs> for sure. For so what sure. so. so the reason you went for the ground blind option or the just sit on the ground type of thing is really um just for noise and ease of setup. Yeah, basically just getting in there,
1: trying to get in there quiet. I knew it was going to be a, I think it was, it was pretty calm that morning if I remember right. And like, there just wasn't like the leaves were still real quiet. So I figured any kind of metallic clinking and clanging, you know, was going to be pretty, pretty nasty where that was right. Especially being pretty, you know, with, for sure within a hundred yards of a bedding area, probably more like within 75 or maybe even 50. Yeah. I like so I just, just sneaking in there
0: as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Sneaking in there, not doing a setup, hanging out and just waiting. And if you can get away with it. So then like you try to have, your, you tried to get your bow hanger in. Did you ever end up getting it all the way in? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Eventually I ended up, I had a bow hanger and then one of those screw in foot pegs, you know, yeah. to hang my, hang my pack on and I ended up starting a hole with that one. And then backed it out and then threw the bow hanger in.
0: yeah nice so, did you were did you have any fear of getting like i know for me previously i've had uh i've gotten busted going to grab my bow you know you go to grab your bow or you go to grab something or whatever you when you make your movement it seems like that's when you get busted in the ground blind scenario like the natural ground um yeah did you set that up in some way so that it was super easy to grab or
1: yeah. That's exactly why I did it. Cause I, I even had my little bow stand, you know, for my bow Yeah, and it was sitting right at my feet, you know, and it was, it was fine where they was at like that, but I was standing the whole time. And, and, and my thought process was cause my visibility was actually pretty low. I mean, beyond that open area, I really couldn't see much, Maybe maybe 40 yards total. So my thought process was, well, if one sneaks in here And all of a sudden it's in this open area. It's pretty wide open from me to them. I don't want to have to reach down, pull up the bow and have to, you know, go through those motions. So I had it set where literally my bow was like directly in front of me. I had to move my hands like less than a foot, grab the thing and I was ready. Yeah. Just completely, completely, well, as, as the least amount of movement that I actually would have had to do.
0: Right, and I think that's I think that's extremely important if you're doing the ground blind stuff and even up in a tree, like you don't want it like close quarters in a tree, you don't want to have to move much to get your bow, and that's something a lot of people overlook um because like that movement can can crush you. I know like I got into one of our stands and and Chad, if you're listening to this, he hung the bow hanger like above your head so it wrapped around to your left, kind of uh-huh. um, oh, you and Chad hung this one. it's the one in the ditch. So he put the bow hanger, uh, on the North in the North loop in the pie slice right on the ditch. It's the oh, lone one, okay. not the yeah. one that's at the very top yeah. that, that hanger was behind you on your left, but mm-hmm. your shot was in front of you on your left. And there's a tree in between the two. So once I put an arrow on it, if I wanted to go like around that tree, I had to tip my bow up. So my arrow was in the air and uh, bring it over and bring it down. So I was like, yeah, we're not playing that game. No, um, no. And especially like that shot, you know, I'm gonna see the deer at like eighteen to twenty yards, and I'm gonna shoot them at twelve.
1: Exactly. Like,
0: right. you know, border. and and yeah, and how I set my tree stands, like, and Szaszki came and hunted with me this weekend. I was like, dude, I do you have? Cause he Szaszki lives out west, um, in Denver. I was like, hey, dude, you're gonna need like a ten yard and a twenty yard pin. <laughs> he was yeah, like, yeah. I don't. My pins start at thirty, like thirty-three, and I'm like, yeah, you're gonna need a twenty-yard pin for sure. You may, you don't need a ten, but like all of our stands should be like everything set up under twenty-five yards for sure. Like we don't really want it. (laughs) I don't really want any long-range shots.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: Which then, like, I mean, obviously, because then that that movement and the what you do in the tree versus and the ground, it makes that much more of an impact, right? Mm So you have to have that stuff set up really well, which is a huge tip I have because Mark and I went out on the ground this weekend as well. I think that was, sa- it was Saturday morning. Um, we went out. Yeah. Saturday morning, we went out on the ground and we had a We were up on the knob and we had a nice buck come in for the first time ever. Like Dylan Lenz and I went out there and Dylan's from Whitetail Habitat Solution and we planned out like where these bucks would move on the knob. And um, we had a Northwest wind and we needed like a West wind. Cause we got to the stand and the wind was just not good. It was blowing East. <laughs> it really? calls, mm-hmm. calls for Northwest. We get up on the knob and it's an East wind at like four miles an hour. I'm like, well, this isn't going to work at all because yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's exactly where we want those deer to come from. So we bailed on the tree stand. And, um, and so then I was like, all right, well, let's just try to find a spot. So we ended up getting on the ground behind like a big dirt berm plus a downfall. Mm -hmm. Um, so we were like in a good spot. The wind was just real. It was getting real squirrely up there. Um, sometimes it was East, sometimes it was North, sometimes it was West. Um, Mm -hmm. but for the most part it was North and West, which is what it was supposed to be. And I was hoping that as the day went on, the wind would get stronger and it'd be more consistent. So that was, that was my thought there. Um, Mm -hmm. And then what do you know? Like we hear some twigs snap and I look over and I'm like, yeah, Hey, there's a deer coming. There's a deer. And Mark just kind of looks like we're looking in that direction. I got my camera and he's sitting next to me. Um, and when we did this ground blind, we scraped out all the leaves so Mark can move around without having to make any noise. Right. Um, and then I was just like, "Yeah, hey, I just try to set up. And I, I didn't really like talk to him much about ground hunting um which is part which is my fault i just assumed he kind of knew but like elk they don't like they could look at you and you can draw and they don't really care like i mean they kind of care but it's not like it's not like a white tail necessarily yeah, right yeah they're a little bit less wily so um so the so yeah this buck came through it started to come or this deer came through and i was like oh dude it's a buck and, I, and mark's like oh, okay i'm like dude it's a nice buck get your bow get your bow and uh And so he went and grabbed his bow. Well, his bow was like three feet away from him. So he had to make this huge grab to go get it. And then he, and then the deer was going to wrap around us and come on the other side of the tree that he was on. So his bow was on like the left side of the tree and he needed to be on the right. So he went and grabbed his bow and then he went around the tree and then got on his knee and like got ready for it and everything. And at that time, the wind was a little squirrely, like I said, but right as he was doing that, that buck just stopped dead in his tracks. And behind some behind a tree, and I was like, I can't see him. I can't see him. He's like, I can't see him either. And then the next thing, there was like five seconds, 10 seconds standoff, and then he was just bounding away. Uh, So, yeah, so I don't know. Like, and what's funny is he almost basically came in on the same trail that we came in on. Um, so I don't know if he, if he saw us, if he, um, I don't know if he, he saw us or he winded us, but there's just, um, there's just an issue like there all around. Um, so, but I, I also know like he could have seen us, um, and, and to eliminate that I should have told Mark, Hey man, like when we see one, you gotta be very methodical with your movement. you got to have your bow right next to you. Don't set it over here. Like have it next to you, have it set up. And when you see them, you got to wait for your opportunity to move and you gotta be able, you can't, um, you can't just make any, any sort of movement at any time. It seems like they just pick up on that movement so fast and they just stare you down and then they run away like this one did. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Right. And we didn't have, I don't know if I even brought bow hangers, but I should have like, that would have been another thing. Like I should have had him hang up his bow and just sit down behind that dirt pile and just sit there Mm -hmm. like, all right, this is how this is all going to play out. One of the other problems we had was that, in that area, the deer kind of could have come from anywhere. (laughs) So we couldn't like, you couldn't, you can't, you want it to where they're going to be coming from your left. If you're a right-handed shooter, right. You want that simple grab, draw, shoot without a whole lot of movement. But in that scenario we had set up for that. Um, But that was clearly the deer came in from our like basically back, right. (laughs) so it was just a difficult scenario for for anything but right either way the three foot grab to grab your bow and then wrap around the tree would have would have not been ideal yeah right yeah exactly so yeah no that's that's i just want to i that was a very elaborate long thing about put your bow in the right spot (laughs) when you set up like Think about if a deer comes in and they're at 20 yards, are they going to see you go rat reaching for your bow and everything? That'll save you some heartache of like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I should have done this better. I should have set this up better. Been there multiple times.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then like, kind of like what you said, I mean, once you have it in a spot, you know, sit down and do a test run, basically try to grab your bow, get it and get into a position where you're going to shoot and draw the thing back, you know? Just because it might be in a good spot for grabbing, you know, you might have to angle your ball weird or something to get it into the spot where you're expecting to shoot. So, it's like, just run through the motions while before there's something standing in front of you, at least.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. And could you like that? Could you speak up just a little bit more? Oh, sorry, <laughs> your Damn, yeah, your your piece is a little quiet. Sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Um, so yeah. What else? What I was going to ask you, um, when you saw that buck, you knew it was a shooter. How far away did you see him when he popped out of the brush? Um, probably
1: 30 yards or less. Okay. So he,
0: yeah. So he was right there.
1: Yeah. And coming right directly at me.
0: Okay. And when you had heard him in the brush, did you grab your bow then at that point? Or did you grab it once you saw him?
1: Yeah. As soon as I stopped rattling, I could hear some leaves kind of rustling. So that's, I grabbed my bow right away. Gotcha. Just expecting, anticipating, basically. That's right. what's coming.
0: Yeah, which I there's no harm to grabbing your bow right away, and there's harm to grabbing your bow after you see them.
1: Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's another,
0: yeah, it's another big one. Um, and then wind was good the whole time.
1: Yeah, wind was perfect. Honestly, it's it's so rare for out here to have just a nice straight wind, but it was like northwest the whole time. It's just absolutely perfect.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's beautiful um i think that's it man that's all i got those are all my questions yeah
1: let's hear about yours okay
0: cool yeah yeah deer number two (laughs) so yeah for my uh my the eight point i shot um it was a south wind and we had rain all day we didn't hunt in the morning because it was pouring rain And then at like eight o'clock, it kind of died off, but then at like 10 or 11, it picked up again and it was just pouring rain. And, and I really enjoy hunting after a rain. If it stops like between three and four o'clock, like that rain keeps deer down. And especially if it's, if you don't want to be out there, they probably don't want to be moving either. Like that's a good rule of thumb that I've kind of had. So, and it paid off in this scenario really, really well, obviously, um, but yeah, that rain in the morning kept them down, rain in the afternoon kept them down, and then it also, also washes a ton of scent away, so they got to go re-scent everything, they got to go to their scrapes, they got to go to the rubs and all that jazz. So um and it was a south wind um which sets up really well for an area we call the pie slice, but there's two good stands in that and I gave those to to Mark and Chad. I had already shot a buck and I was like, "Hey man, like you guys go up there, go sit in the pie slice. There's probably going to be something up there tonight." I'm going to go just beat the brush over here on this piece of public. Um, And I had never been to this piece of public before. And I just wanted to go check it out. And again, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier is like, I'm not finding any like hot sign on our property, not finding any big rubs, not finding any big scrapes. Like Mm -hmm. our cameras, like we have six cell cameras on the property. They're not going crazy. I was just like, look, like I'm going to, I already shot a nice buck. I'm going to go exploring. I like adventuring. I like exploring. um, I like checking out new stuff. I've never been over here. So I'm going to go check this out.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I
0: went to that piece um, to go check it out and I, and I parked and there's kind of a trail that goes in kind of not. Um, I was like, well, if I'm going to go in here, I got to, Oh, before I went to park, I like pulled it up on Onyx, and I was just sitting there looking at it. And I was like, all right, if I go over here, where am I going to go? What am I going to look at? Where do I think there could be signs? So like topographically you got hills and valleys, you got a couple points, you got some, I could see a couple old CRP fields. Um, Hmm. so a lot of times those old CRP fields can be great spots to find scrapes. Like you can walk the edges of them, or even if they are CRP, like, you know, you can walk the edges and you can find scrapes, you can find rubs, you can find if there's sign in there. Um, Hmm. So basically I was like, all right, well, there's two CRP fields, uh, two or three. There's, I I guess you call it three, there are three CRP fields here. I'm going to go in and, um, kind of go check all those out and see what I find. And so I get up to, so I leave the truck and, um, few hundred yards in nothing outrageous. I get into these pines and on the back end of these pines is a little bit of a, a CRP field. So I was like, all right, this looks like a little area. I'm going to take a look out here. And so I get to the edge of those pines and this is at like 315 in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking out in the, that, this little meadowy area and I'm not really seeing a whole lot. So I take, you know, steps out and the meadowy area is probably like 40 yards wide, 50 yards wide. And I look to my right and I'm like, oh, there's a cedar tree with a big, beautiful rub on it. I'm like, hell yeah. Like
1: perfect. It was
0: tall and it was up to, it was started at my hips and went up to my shoulder. Like it was nice, big, big rub, tall up. I'm like, hell yeah. So I look at that. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. And I look to my left and I just see his rack that like, I see his rack in like dogwood and he's just making a scrape right there at like 60 Uh. yards. And I'm like, Whoa, Jesus (laughs) that's him that's it took me like i don't know i had to do a double take like i was like yeah. is that really him? like is that a deer right there you know yeah it was him <laughs> i had the wind in my favor it was just finished a rain i was really quiet going in um i was trying to be as quiet as i can because basically i was trying to shane the guy down the road from our place he's yeah. from arkansas and he calls it slipping he's like yeah. man we used to do it all the time we'd paddle canoes down, we'd hop out with our guns and we'd go slipping in like, you know, a 20, 30 acre area, not find anything, get back in the boat, go back into a different slough and go slipping for a bit. So I was like, I told Chad and Mark, I was like, yo, I'm gonna go slipping today. And I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna go as quiet as I can and just work my way through this piece of public and maybe like, you know, it's the end of October, maybe I'll run into something. If I find a nice scrape, I'll set up like whatever. I'm just gonna go have have fun with it. Yeah, so sure. I was really quiet. And there he is right there. And I'm like, dog, oh, Jesus. So I back up and um instant like hindsight. I made I certainly made some mistakes here. But um, but I was like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I'm like, it's quiet, it's I got the wind in my favor, everything's good. I should be able to stalk into this thing. It's only at 60 yards. I could probably get to 30. There was kind of some brushy stuff between us. So I was like, Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm gonna try to get to him. So I knocked an arrow, drop I knocked an arrow and just started like creeping over that way. Um, knocked an arrow, got my release on and started creeping over that way. And I made it about 15, 20 yards and I started looking for him again and I didn't quite see him, So I went in another like five, 10 yards and, and I, it's kind of like this open meadow grassy area with like spotty cedars and then like red, br- uh, not red brush, um, dogwood and uh, like mini willows. I don't know what they are, but like really small willows, like what you kind of run into in, in out West. So I was behind like these, like willow bushes basically. And I, I wish I was a better woodman woodsman. I got to figure out what that shit is, <laughs> but it's just basically brush, like could be honeysuckle, like little bushes with a lot of leaves on them. And I get to that and I'm like, man, I got to be within like 30 yards of this thing. Wind's still pretty good in my face. I was getting a little little shift there because i am on like a ridge side and i'm looking for his rack i'm looking where he was and i can't see him i'm like oh man where is he where is he where is he and uh and i'm like oh maybe if i move a little bit i'll see through this gap and i take like two steps and uh and he bounds off Uh at like 15 yards he was on the just on the other side of this stuff and he bounds off and i'm like oh my god that's a great buck like i definitely would have shot him it's a nice big eight pointer Um, oh man, that's a bummer, but he bounded off. Like he didn't like snort and run. He just like bounded off. Like, what are you? You know, I don't necessarily know what you are, but I don't like you. So he bounded off like soft, softly. And he went like, I don't know, 40, 50 yards into more thick stuff, more thick brush. And then I didn't hear anything else. Hmm. So I was like, well, that's, that's done. You know, I don't have an opportunity there. So I went back, I walked back to where I saw the big rub. um, And I just hung out there for like five minutes, like kind of bumming, kind of like, oh my God, I could have had this done right now. Like it could have happened, everything. And I was like, man, that'll probably be my only opportunity. Like I don't get opportunities like that every year, probably get one or two of those a year. And I've had one already and I killed a nice buck and here's the second one. And I just blew it. So I'm probably not going to fill this, this tag that I got. Um, Mm -hmm. and for everyone listening, uh, in Wisconsin, if you shoot a buck and it has CWD, it's positive, uh, they will issue you another buck tag. So I did shoot the second buck in Wisconsin. It's a hundred percent legal. Um, I registered and everything and I'm not in jail yet. So (laughs) we're yeah (laughs) should be, should be good. Um, they give you like a replacement buck authorization tag. What's interesting is it's for any weapon too. So it's not bow only. So I could have used it during gun season or anything, but, um, but anyway, I uh, we we'll go back to where those cedars were and, and I just stand there and I texted Chad and Mark. I was like, Hey man, uh, Hey guys, bucks are on their feet. Like be on the lookout. Just, so, just had a good run in with one. Um, and they're like, you gotta be kidding me out on the public. Like, you know, that's, that's what they responded. Mark was like, awesome. That's cool. Chad was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like you're out <laughs> bopping around on the public and you're finding deer and we're on the pride, the nice, beautiful private and we're not shoot seeing shit. Yeah I, like, yeah. I was just like, yeah, that's what it is. So <laughs> I was like, well, that deer's probably done for. I'm gonna go scout. I'm gonna go with my original plan and go scout this whole kind of area and see what I find. So um I did. And in that meadowy area right there where I had seen him, um, there were three more cedars with big rubs on them. There was a nice scrape all right there. And 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 I kept going. Um, and I went for about a mile and a half and I went and checked these other CRP fields. I went and checked. There's a big four wheel trail out there. I went and checked some of the points and I was, I was moving around pretty good, pretty quiet. I did jump, uh, I think two does, it was, could have been two or one doe, um, up on a hillside. Uh, I didn't think there were bucks. I didn't see any antlers and I was close enough, but it was just kind of like, I think it could have been two because I lost them and then they reappeared and it could have been another one or whatever but anyway um and i just didn't find any other sign i found a rub that looked like it was made made with salad forks so i was like that's not not worthwhile um didn't find any other scrapes didn't find anything so i was Hmm. like all right well i what else can i do i was like well you know i talked to zach fahrenball hunting public i'm like what about the old bump and dump like yeah yeah. maybe that's a thing, you know? Yeah. And so were I guess
1: just what I'm, like walking deer trails or was it like old logging roads or what kind of,
0: like how were yeah, you? Oh, good question. There? So, um, old, so mainly, uh, well I'd say like 50% of it was a four wheel trail. So I eventually, yeah. I didn't know there was one out there. It's not on the map yeah. or anything. Yeah. Ran into a four wheel trail that's clearly mowed by the DNR. So huh. I was on that for a while. Uh, maybe a couple hundred yards. And then the meadows or the CRP fields that I wanted to go to were only deer trails. Um gotcha. Looked like they were more human looked like they were too beat down to just be deer trails. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but definitely not pheasant fields, so they're really? not in use anymore for pheasants. Um, huh. so yeah, I was just following deer trails between those those CRP fields, and um, you know, they were, I don't know. 20 to 30 acres each. Um, Mm -hmm. so I walked around all, both of them. I walked all the way around both of them. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't find a scrape and I found one little dinky rub and then one of them got pretty thick at the back end of it, but it was kind of one of those scenarios where, um, you know, I, I didn't like, I don't know how to explain it, but I didn't really like the layout of everything, like how Mm -hmm. it all shaped up. If there were to been sign, so one of them, one of the CRP fields um it was a flat it was kind of like where it plateaued like big ridge came down, plateaued into some flat ground that was probably like a hundred yards wide and then another big ridge down into a creek bottom. so if there was if there were box using that like creek bottom or using that lower hillside, there should have been rubs or scrapes on the edge that lower edge of the CRP field like there yeah. should have been sign. Right. And there was nothing like huh. I'm taught, like n- literally nothing. And there were multiple trees that were perfect for scrapes. Like I'd look mm-hmm. at them and be like, there should be a scrape there and there and there. Mm-hmm. And there was not a one. And there were trees <laughs> that should have been rubbed. I was like, these should all be rubbed up. And they are not. So I was like, OK, there's no sign here. So I don't know, like why I would sit here at all. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, and then I went and checked another like big, um, it was a bowl I really like on new pieces that has a lot of topography where multiple ridge systems come down into like a bowl, like into a drainage or a thermal, mm-hmm. uh hunting public calls them thermal hubs. Mm-hmm. I really like those as well. Not jack down in there. <laughs> I went and checked really? one of those and there was nothing. I uh-huh. did get on a beautiful saddle between two ridges, which I did mark. And I I would hunt that just because it was beautiful scenery. Yeah. Um, but it was a beautiful saddle and it, it looked awesome. And there was a rub up there, but just the way, like, it wasn't enough to make me want to stay there. Like it wasn't yeah. enough sign or anything. Like, would I throw a camera in there? Yeah, I would like next year. I'll probably throw a camera there. Cause it's the only way between these two ridges for a long ways. Um, yeah. so it's a fantastic pinch point but it just wasn't um quite what I was looking for in terms of like sign and everything and I wanted to just find sign and at that Mm -hmm. point also when I found that I was like well and that was all deer trail like walking along I I don't know how to explain it but it's basically like a huge point comes out and it's big rocky outcroppings with a saddle in the middle where the deer can cross through um this big Mm -hmm. point and so mm-hmm. I had assumed that there would be a trail on the lower side of that point, like wrapping around the point kind of, and then one up over the top. I didn't mm-hmm. find one on the lower side of the point. Um, so mm-hmm. then I went up that saddle or I, I eventually found a saddle. I didn't know it was, I, I did the mountain climber way up this thing, um, <laughs> popping through rocks and Classic stuff. Classic Heller, Heller. Move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I got up that thing and then I found a saddle and I was like, Oh, this is beautiful. Like there's a rub here, good wind, good everything. But it just like, the fact that there wasn't a trail lower, there wasn't any rubs on the lower side. Like if that saddle had rubs all in it and on like, and you can see like there were also from the top of it, it was ma- kind of mature timber. And you're looking down off the top of this ridge. There were multiple trees that should have had rubs or potentially like scrapes underneath them and nothing. So I, it was all about like, for me, I was just looking for signs you know, I had whatever, three hours to hunt that piece. I just wanted to sit on the hottest sign I could. Yeah, so, yeah for sure. So I, so in my mind, I was like, all right, none of this looks good. Um, I'm going to go back to that four wheel trail. I'm going to walk back into those pines and I'm going to go basically back to where I saw those rubs in the scrape, because maybe it's a bump and dump and maybe I'm going to get on that. Maybe he's going to come back tonight. And if not, yeah. I'm going to kind of figure out a setup for the morning and I'll come back tomorrow morning. Cause it's, yeah. clear, he didn't, he you know, again, it was a soft bound. He softly bounded off. Um, and there's good sign in here. He's clearly here. And then the other thought in my mind was like, well, if he's making all these rubs and he's got a big scrape in here, maybe there's a doe in here and maybe there's other bucks in here too. Maybe it's not him. Maybe it's a small forky key or something like that, or a little eight point or a little six or something. Maybe there's a bigger one in here. I don't know. But like, Mm -hmm. if he's laying down all this fresh sign, he's got a reason for doing that. Um, So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go back there and sit there. So I saw him initially at like 315, 330. And then I got back there at 515. So it took me about two hours to go and scout and move through all this other stuff.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I got back there and I was like, all right, where do I want to, then the age old question, where do I want to set up? Right. Yeah. So I went, I didn't want to go and push all the way to where I had initially bumped him. Cause I figured the way he bounded off and stuff, he, again, it was, it was the same type of thing where like you had a slow, low, slow rolling ridge down. And then you had a little meadow that was about 40 yards wide. And then you had another big drop down off of that mm-hmm. uh, ridge down to a bottom into a marsh. So you're, so in the way he bounded off, I was like, well, he could pop up back into this meadow kind of anywhere along this, the far edge, I wanted to be on the uphill side of this meadow. So I'm on the uphill side and it's a slow, really slow, um, slow roll down. But if he went down into that woods below the meadow, which is where he bounded off to, he can po- kind of pop up anywhere. So I wanted to kind of position myself. Let's just say if it's a hundred yards long and the West end is one yard and the East end is a hundred, I positioned myself at like the 40 yard mark. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm, not, I'm slightly cl- And he was, when I saw him and he bounded off, he was at like the, the, the one yard mark, basically he was okay, on the, okay. the So I was like, yeah. all right. And, and I had, and in that I could see three big rubs and I could see the scrape. And, um, the way it just set up was, um, I had a big patch of multiflower rows in front of me that came up to like, just below my chest. So I had good front cover right there. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. sitting in some pine, like I was sitting on the edge of these pines. So I had good back cover and I had, um, these pines, you know, pines have all these branches sticking off. I had a bow hanger, natural bow hanger sitting right there mm-hmm. and it's nice mm-hmm. and soft ground. It's easy. So I base, I had everything you needed for a real ground blind, which was front cover, back cover, bow hanger. And then mm-hmm. I had, um, a huge, I had a cedar and another big bush of multiflower rose rows in front of me at like 20 yards. And I could see the deer coming from right to left. And I took a video of this, but, um, and I don't know how much, if I posted or not, but basically um, I had what I, what I like to call the draw lane where I could see them coming from my right and they would be in a shooting lane. Like they'd be mm-hmm. right there, but because yeah. you see them right there, you're probably not going to shoot them right there. So you see them, you don't move at all. They get behind the brush and then you shoot them on the other side, right? Like that's the idea and vice versa. On the left side, I could see them on the left side. They could get behind the brush and I could shoot them on the right side. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, this all lines up great. Um, I just got to be patient. And if I see one pop out in here and when I see them, they're probably going to be, it's going to be 50 yards or less. Um, So I just really have to, and I am slightly uphill from this. So I was um, just thinking like, All right, I gotta set up in this way, and I just gotta not move right when I see them, and I just gotta wait for my opportunity. As long as I don't move, I should have enough cover to like, because in my mind, I'm thinking all they can see of me is basically my chest up. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so with that, I um I just hung out there at at, and at five, I got set up there about five fifteen, five thirty, and about five forty five, I had a fawn pop out. Um, at 50 yards, work through some brush and get up into the pines, um, to my left. So she came up right where I thought potentially that buck could come up. Cause there was kind of a trail there. It kind of looked like it. I never actually investigated, but she came up out of the woods, walked across the meadow, could have shot her at like 45 yards or something like that. Walked across the meadow, got in the pines behind me, came right behind me at like 20 yards. And she didn't, she, she didn't catch my wind fully, but she didn't like what she heard or saw mm, or smelled. Yeah. And like, there yeah. was some, she was like, well, it's something's iffy here. So she kind of bounded off. And I was like, okay, if that's, I hope that's what these other deer do. Like if there's, there's other deer in the area besides that buck, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, so about, I don't know. So that was the first encounter and that was about five forty-five, And then at like six o'clock, um, at 50 yards, Again, it's uh, I wish I was a better woodsman, but it was like that willow dogwood right there at 50 yards and out pops a doe Um, at 50 yards going from left to right. So in my mind, I'm going to see her. I'm going to watch her walk to 25 yards, get behind that brush. And I was going to shoot her on the other side or I was thinking about shooting her. Mm -hmm. She pops out and just stands there. And like and all that that thought I just had went through my mind like that. And -hmm. then all of a sudden out of nowhere um the the eight point that i shot jumps up and mounts her like out of the brush just appears and just boom he's on her and he's mounting her and i'm like what this is wild at 50 (laughs) i ranged him at 51 yards Mm. and so like and i had my phone uh halfway out because i think i was i was texting chad or mark or somebody checking snapchat and so i was like yeah i'm gonna film this so i filmed that because i knew like they were going to be there for a minute um yeah Actually, it was 15 seconds. <laughs> I can tell you exactly. Um, so I filmed him, uh, Mountainer, and then like he finished, and like they like if you ever see that, like they like explode when they're done. He's like, Hah! and then they just like uh sp- spread apart really fast. So that's when I stopped the video. I was like, Okay, I gotta draw. Like, and at that point, I'm like, Yeah, that's the eight-pointer I saw, that's the buck I'm gonna shoot. Holy cow, he's back, like and there were, there was a rush of thoughts like, Oh my God, is this going to work out? You know, and everything. Oh, like, yeah. and I was like, dude, yeah. that's him. That's like the bump and dump is going to work. Like that's why he was here is because he's got a hot doe. He's breeding her. It's October 26th. Like everything's just like coming full circle here. And I'm like, thank God I moved back here. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so, um, so yeah, they, they, uh, he bred her at 51 yards and then, Right after they got done, they moved to kind of behind some of that willow. Um, and he was at 47 yards and she was at like 44. And they just stood there for like three or four minutes, didn't huh. move. And um, and he was looking the other direction and he was at 47 yards, perfectly broadside or like slightly quartering away. Like, I dialed my sight for 47 and I was like, Do I send this? Do I not? Like, that's a longer shot. Um, yeah. but he's looking away, he's relaxed. Like there's no problem. And I was like, I, let me just see what this doe does. Cause he's, cause he was, he was already like kind of following her again.
1: Mm-hmm. So the
0: doe kind of mills around this bush. She comes on the front side. Now she's at 43 yards. He goes completely behind the bush. And then she starts working up the hill, like just where that fawn was. And she's at like, she's worked into like 37 yards and they're just, mo like slowly moseying like this is taking minutes um he comes around the brush and then he's at 44 yards she's at 37 and i'm just sitting there like with my release on my string and my range finder in my hand like because there was a scrape at 27 yards and i was like Mm -hmm. come on to that 27 yard scrape like get there get there get there and she walked at i don't know 35 or 37 yards past it um Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, he's not—he's not, he's not going to go to the scrape. Um, I got to dial my sight for about thirty-seven yards, and I'm probably going to have to shoot him right there. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, um, this is still happening, dude. I just found a tick on me. Like there were so many ticks out there. Oh man, I know, dude. The was...
1: the buck that I shot is yeah. completely full of them. Like it's disgusting.
0: Yeah. Dude, I can't. Believe, his
1: like, whole body. I was like, "Oh, wow,
0: yeah." So, I mean, and this tick, like, what is this? Like seven days later, eight days later, they <laughs> like you get out of the woods and you get in your truck, and they fall off in your truck, right? Oh, go, sure. That's what these ticks are from. Um, hmm. it's just like, oh man, and this one stuck to me. Sorry to ruin the story, everybody, but this <laughs> tick just crawled up my hand. Um, uh. so. Uh, where was I? Oh, so like she's working at, she's at 37 yards. Um, He's following her and eventually he crosses her trail and is, he's looking like he's going to go to that scrape. Um, So I'm like, okay. And again, this is all happening like slow motion in my, yeah, in my field. Right. Oh, what do I do? What do I do? Right. Everything's slowing down. And he turns um, and starts coming up the Hill. And I'm like, okay, how, where he's, he's closer than she was. And she was at about 37. How much closer is she than him? Or how much closer is he than her? And I knew the bush was 27. So the backside of it was 30 and he wasn't quite to that. And he was in between her and the bush. So he's probably at 33 yards, like I guess 33 yards. So I, um, so I put my pin to 33 and I was just waiting for him to come walking up the hill. And he just turns quartering to me. Um, Not super hard, but really made me think about it and put his head down to feed so, and I'm still just standing there. And at that time when when she and he were behind the bush, um that like at forty five yards or whatever, that's when I grabbed my bow. And so that's when I was like, ready to go yeah. so then I um, so, yeah, at that point, he was quartering to me at thirty three yards, and I was like, yeah, I think this is the shot I'm gonna take. So I drew my bow, and I was questioning the shot, which actually, like, mentally really helped me because I wasn't in like a rush to shoot it or anything. Um I put the pin on him and I was like, all right, 33 yards. That looks about right. He, and he's not moving and he's just sitting there feeding. And could he have, um could I have waited? Yeah. Could, could he have all of a sudden caught my wind and bounded out of there? And, and I never got a shot. Could he have realized that the doe is walked away and he's got to go catch her. Could another buck come in? Could there were all sorts of like, possibilities that happened. And I was like, this is, this is a good opportunity. I'm going to take it. And I think yeah. I'm fairly certain I can make this shot. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I put it, I put it on them and I was like, yeah, that looks right about right, right there. Um, basically behind, right. I tried to like Nick the scapula is basically how I put it. Um, Cause you could see the scapula. I was like, yeah, if I Nick the scapula, I'm going to get at least one long, if not two and liver. And, and so like, I just put it there and pulled the trigger just watch the arrow sail and um i shoot i shoot the nocturnals and hit him uh hit him and he whirled and when he whirled and took off like he was quartering to me and he came from my left and he took off and went straight back to my left and when he turned and whirled around i saw my arrow i did not get a pass through i saw my arrow sticking out of him and but I was buried up really far. Um, mm-hmm. so there were like eight inches of my, my arrow sticking out. And there was probably, I think my arrows are 31 inches long. So it was probably like 20, some 23 inches mm-hmm. would be, would have been like in him or poking out. I didn't get a look at his other side, but when I hit him and he whirled, I was like, Oh man, that's like top along close to no man's. Like I was, he was 30, he, I rearranged it and he was at 30 yards. So I should have hindsight, I, I don't know why I didn't think about it, but I should have aimed like lower, like I aimed for middle lung, um, at quartering two, I should have aimed for like heart at quartering two, but also like he could have been 35 yards and then I would have been perfect. And in the money, like, I didn't know the exact r- range, but I was about an inch or two higher than what I expected. Hmm. So hmm. he whirled and took off. And that's when I sat there for a minute and I listened and he ran like down into the woods. Um, and I heard him running through everything, but there's just, there's all sorts of brush down there. So I was like, I didn't, I I, hindsight, I heard him crash, but I didn't know I heard him crash. I just thought he was running through the brush. Um, yeah, yeah. it's always uh, hard. Yeah. Yep. So I, cause I had no idea of, I've never been here before. I didn't know like every, the terrain and everything. So that's when I was like, oh, my God, I just shot a nice eight pointer on public land. I'm pretty sure I double lunged him. I'm pretty sure I got everything I need to, but it could have been known man's like I'm either this deer is either dead right there or he's going to live and and he's going to break off an arrow in him, you know, mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Um, and quartering two, I had a long angle through like. His lungs his liver his diaphragm his the top of his guts like it wasn't mm-hmm. a broadside shot where if you hit no man's it's just like it's simple and easy like mm-hmm. this is going through half of his body um mm-hmm. and did you see that snapchat this morning like the hindsight the shot mm-hmm. no? no so if you Think so If yeah, hindsight, if you look at the shot, I basically go in right behind the front shoulder and I come out right behind the front ham or right behind, right in front of the hamstring, sorry, or the the back quarter. So it was exactly like where you wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: I mean, if it was quartering away, you'd put it in the same spot, just go in the opposite direction.
0: Exactly. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) And no one
1: frowns at those shots. (laughs) What's that? no one frowns if they're quartering away and that that's, that's perfect then. But some people, I mean, if it's quartering two and you'd put it in the same spot, it's like, Ooh, yeah.
0: (laughs) Right. It's out of catching the vitals, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of did that, but I had also the last two deer I'd shot the last elk and deer I'd shot with my bow. I passed through the scapula with the same arrow setup. Yeah. I wasn't like, concerned about that if i pass through an elk scapula and a bigger white tail scapula i should be able to pass through his that's why i was i was hugging it tight because i wasn't super concerned i didn't want to hit it and turned i I did not i i missed it by like an inch so okay um i didn't touch it but um but yeah so we whirled and ran off and that about that time i texted uh texted Mark and Chad, I gave you a call. It was like, yeah, dude, I just shot one. It was wild. I watched him breed a doe, like came in, shot him yeah. at 33 yards. I don't know about the shot. You know, I'm going to leave him lay for a little bit, but we're going to come back. And Mark has his, has his dog Aspen who's been trained to track blood, but she's never been on a whitetail track before. So, yeah. um, so I, uh, so I was like, all right, yeah, I, I'm going to go back. I'm just going to get out of here. I went and looked at my arrow. Um, or looked at where I shot, I didn't find any blood, um, stuck an arrow in the ground, got out of there, went and got Mark and Chad. We hung out for an hour and a half, two hours, came back at about eight o'clock. I shot him at six. We got on the track and his dog Aspen found the deer in three minutes and it went 300 yards. (laughs) And it was wild.
1: That is wild. It was,
0: it was wild. And there was a, a eyedropper. We found an eyedropper of blood.
1: The whole time?
0: Yeah, Chad and I were looking for blood while Mark was running Aspen. Yeah. And he was like, because Mark said like, hey, try to uh, try to look for blood, make sure we're on the right track. And I saw yeah. them go and I was like, yeah, I, I saw where the deer ran. I'd see where you're going. Like, and I heard it like you're in the right, the right area. Oh, um, yeah. But Chad and I were looking for blood and we couldn't find any. Um, And we finally oh. found like an eyedropper full, but that was it. And so... Really? Yeah. And, and hindsight, like I didn't get a pass through. So my broadhead was stuck in his hide on the back end. Um, Oh, so,
1: so that never poked through, huh?
0: It never poked yeah. through. And so I had a high lung shot. I got both lungs. I got the, I got both lungs in the diaphragm. Um, so, I mean, that deer died, it died at 300 oh, yeah. yards and basically everything that I heard was a death run. Cause he was running downhill. Right, um, right. Died right there. I mean, he was stiff as a board when we got there two hours later. Yeah. yeah. And, um, And, uh, the, the arrow, because I was uphill of him, like the arrow impacted, went lower into him, never passed through. So there wasn't like a drain for the blood on Mm -hmm. the backside. It was only Mm going to come out and up and out, you know, the arrow shaft. So, and also it was started to rain again that night. Like when we went out there, as we were walking out there, it was raining. So I was yeah like, oh, i remember
1: dude. that i remember talking to you on the phone saying i'm pretty sure it's there's a chance it's like i would yep. either or it's like i would say fuck it just go like you're either only got one lung or you're or you got enough that
0: he's dead yep yeah so i was super thankful that mark had his dog and she she found him right away and then mm-hmm. yeah and then inspected the shot and everything great buck and all that the drag out was tough um <laughs> clearly lots of ticks because I just pulled one off of me again oh, uh man. lots of ticks lots of multiflora rows through the pines like the four-wheel trail was out of the way um it was and anyway, it was it was uphill for probably like, I don't know 100 yards or 150 yards and then it was downhill after that or like steady but it was still just like that 150 yards uphill was a pain yeah brutal. brutal. <laughs> so, did you have any
1: rope or anything or were you just grabbing we, a horn and yeah, yeah
0: and... no we had we had rope and we had three guys but it was still difficult mm-hmm. because of the the lack of trail there was just yeah. it was the we were on a narrow deer trail that was coated in multi-flower rows and down yeah. downfalls and all sorts of stuff and it was just. It was tough. Yeah. It was, it was tough, but we got it. It took us about an hour and a half,
1: <laughs> oh, man. but, um, yeah.
0: but we got them out of there and got them back and celebrated, had some cocktails and showered up and yeah, man, that's, that's the hunt. So, I mean, if I, like what I said awesome. earlier in terms of the ground blind stuff, like having front cover, having back cover, being able to grab your bow easily, mm-hmm. knowing your timing, not freaking out. And then also having those draw lanes, like that's all stuff that you want to check and then like especially during the rut like right now you know going out and exploring new areas is not always a bad idea clearly Mm -hmm, (laughs) Um, yeah yeah. you might run like i mean this is the second time you've sat that spot this year and you kind of pre-scouted it but you know those fence crossings the if you can find some hot sign like i did you know he was clearly Mm -hmm. defending trying to defend that doe oh yeah for sure right which generally will tell you they're in the area and they're in the area right now. And it doesn't mean they're just going east to west or west to east. It could mean they're just living in that 10 acre chunk, 20 acre chunk.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You got to wonder for years if that, if that doe was just bedded nearby off that field somewhere and maybe he ran, you know, when you spooked him, he might've ran and then realized you weren't chasing after him and just circled right back to where that doe was and just hung out with her. Yeah.
0: Exactly, man. I'd, I'd I I have to imagine that's what happened. Like he just didn't want to leave mm-hmm. her. And then mm-hmm. she just happened to come my way. But exactly, man, yeah. I couldn't be <laughs> thank I'm thankful and, and there's certainly some luck, but certainly some skill involved with that and finding what we're finding and going to check yeah. the right areas and making the shot and everything. But um but yeah, man, yeah. it was it was uh it was fun, <laughs> it was exciting. Yeah
1: for sure that's a hell of a <laughs> hell of a season so far
0: Yep. yeah so <laughs> so
1: what's next
0: <laughs> yeah um well i'm headed to illinois the great state of illinois you um, are? sweet yep i'm going to head down there that piece that you and i scouted like yep, i think i yep. looked at it today it was like 6 years ago 7 years ago okay, um, is yeah. when... actually we scouted it before it's then probably was... longer yeah yeah 7 or 8 years ago my waypoints are from 6 years ago um okay some of them are at least i'll have to look at other ones but yeah so going down to that piece um, and gonna try that try my hand at that for three or four days um see if i can find some let me look at these i got these waypoints pulled up so this one was made on in 2017 so yeah i'm looking at 2017 for all these okay i think you and i scott i think that's me like putting some waypoints on it yeah, this is when yeah. I was down there last time. Um, not, uh, yeah, that's, well, that's when I hunted it last was in 2017, but you and I were down there even before then. I was going to say, I thought we
1: were in college or fresh out yeah, of college. Maybe. It
0: was fresh out of college. Cause it was a okay. long, I remember it being a long drive. Um, yeah. but yeah, man. So yeah, I'm headed down to Illinois for that. going to try my hand down there and that's just, again what's kind of nice about like after you fill a buck like i have no stand i don't have any big standards and especially with this Mm -hmm. i got like three days to try to find some sign and get on a deer like it's it's fun to just like not be like all right gotta shoot like these five deer it's fun to just be like all right found some sign gonna hang a set gonna get in this and just like see what shows up and if something trips my trigger i'm pulling the trigger like yeah exactly that's always good so the best mindset to have yeah 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 it is <laughs> except for yeah except for when you're like chasing like mature like mature buck, yeah, which i am you like got something with history or something yeah i think the eight point i shot was three and a half years old i think that's mm-hmm. what he is um mm-hmm. and no neck was five and a half so like i'm not mm-hmm. shooting um you know fork forky forks but i am like yeah it's, it's a nice buck it's it's gonna hit the dirt Basket or <laughs> better right so yeah with that um got rolling on my power cord here but with that um yeah maybe and are you are you hunting at all anymore or are you done
1: you're gonna try to kill it out um
0: doubt?
1: debating still i mean i want to i want to get mine tested for cwd depending on how that pans out maybe i'd maybe i'd go back after it but i did grab my recurve and I wanted to start – well, it's going to take a bit of practicing before I'd probably feel comfortable of going, you know. But I'd try at least, like, limit my range to 10 yards or 15 yards and, yeah, try to try to chase a doe around or something.
0: Would you have shot that doe at eight yards with your recurve?
1: Oh, yeah, for
0: sure. If I had my recurve, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Dude, that'd be sweet. That'd be so cool. That's something I kind of want to get into, but I want to get a few more – few more compound bucks on the ground yeah
1: yeah wow. oh you know you know i mean as soon as i as soon as i hit the woods with that thing there's gonna be like a 170 standing there at like 25 yards <laughs> and that's, you're gonna uh, send it <laughs> uh, here goes nothing <laughs> right oh that's great No, i wouldn't
0: do that <laughs> big buck squirrels <laughs> that's right that's right that's what uh-huh. you need to practice on yeah all right well thanks for hopping on parker really appreciate the time man um any last any last words otherwise i'm gonna wrap this thing up
1: no get out there all right the time gonna be getting hot here soon hot with action
0: it is yeah november 1st is today so anyway all right thank you everybody for listening really appreciate the time if you enjoyed the podcast enjoyed the story um you know, give me a, a like review. Appreciate that. Um, and if you, if you really enjoyed it, tell a friend, um, and with that, I think that's it. Um, until next time, spend some time on the ground. If you're afraid of the ground, like just use those tips that we had and you're going to fail a lot, but at least at the same time, man, that whole time I chased that a pointer, I, uh, had my sticks, had my sticks and my saddle on and I never used them. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, you can, you can run into them all the time um, Mm -hmm. without, and, and the last time I was on the public out there, scouting a different piece, I ran into three bucks and two does without ever being in a tree. And they were within 35 yards. So like could have shot them too. Um, Just being on the ground and using the wind and rain and to, to your advantage and trying to stay quiet. So with that, everyone, thank you. Appreciate it. Catch you all next time. See ya.